Hello, ladies and gentlemen. Welcome back to another episode of the Manic Movie Misfits podcast. I am your co-host, John Phillips. And I'm the other uh, co-host, Trevor Chiff. That's right. He is the other 50% of this podcast. Unless we're doing it by total height, right? Because I'm taller than you. So if we took our Yeah, by a significant margin. (laughs) Yeah, so technically, in that sense, I would be more than just 50% of the podcast. But... Yeah, Yeah, you'd be like a solid, like... human? Yeah. Yeah. It'd be like a solid, like, 65, maybe... Maybe raging on, like, 67, somewhere in there. (laughs) Yeah, right. But because I, we technically are each have our own rights, and technically, since we are mm. each one human, we are we are each fifty percent of this podcast. So for that sake, we'll we'll say we're we're each co-host. We're each fifty percent of the podcast. But again, if we want to use a different parameter, hey, things might change. But yeah, yeah. Anyway, yeah. That's not that's not why we're here. Although maybe maybe we are gonna have a discussion about. Um, the uh, who, how much of the podcast is is who's uh, uh, at the end here? But the real reason we're here is to talk well about a variety of things because we're just gonna kind of chill mostly today, except for I, I really only have a couple topics that I'd like to talk about. And yeah, so we're just kind of here to chill. And TJ, I guess I'll start by saying, how have you been? Have you been surviving? Have you been living? Have you been watching any movies? What's what's uh, going on with your life? Any television? I, I'm just mad chilling mostly. Um, in terms of like pop culture and like stuff, I'm like watching. Uh, I haven't watched that many movies or shows in the last like, especially like two weeks. But I did the first like few weeks of school. Uh, so I, I've watched a nice. few movies. I, I started a few shows. There's kind of like some sitcoms just here and there, but nothing too crazy. Nothing to write home about. Yeah. Yeah. I, I've, I've kind of been the same just cause you know, school exists and sadly and, uh, or not sadly, but both really both. So I haven't been watching as much either. One thing that I guess we can just get to right away that's kind of the the elephant in the room, sort of, is, especially with our connection to him, is recently Jimmy Buffett passed away. Yes. And so I wanted to start the podcast just kind of talking about what we liked about his music, what some of our favorite songs were, and what we'll miss most about him. Uh, he, for me, was my number one artist on Spotify for the last two years. And TJ, you obviously listened to him with me. And, oh, of course, yeah. And you listen to him on your own, I'm sure, as well here and there. And he just, mm-hmm. he gives, he gives some of the greatest, he, his music gives some of the greatest vibes uh, of all time, of any oh, music yeah. genre. I mean, really, he, whatever mood, he can put you in a, in whatever mood, like in such a great mood, no matter where you're at um and so that's part of the reason why i loved him so much and all and his music but yeah so i mean we i don't want to get into necessarily our favorite pieces of his music yet but what what do you like about him so much tj 
Oh, I mean, well, kind of like what, what you already said. Like, he's just a chill dude. He gives off that great island vibe most of the time. Yeah. I don't think I've heard a Jimmy Buffett song that doesn't give off an island vibe. I'm guessing there's probably something yeah. out there. But, uh, yeah, he's just chill. He's a fun, upbeat guy. And he's just like, like you said, just always a good good energy. And Yeah, that's just... Yeah, it's it. I, I will say it's been really weird, uh, and not weird, but like, uh, like looking through the internet after he's died, and like the whole internet has banded together and been like, Jimmy Buffett's a legend. <laughs> I'm like, yes, yeah, like every yeah, generation, I feel is... like, like no matter if like they're like our age or something like that, like everyone's just like, Jimmy Buffett's cool, yeah, he's one of the artists where he literally has no haters. Pretty much. Pretty much. I mean, because he hasn't, like, him as an actual celebrity hasn't said really anything super offensive, or he hasn't had some wild take on something. He's very much what his music is, which is just, he's trying to, he was just living and and chilling and trying to have a good time and trying to live life in, in a very chill and fun way. Yeah. And because of that and 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 all his music wasn't ever really that offensive i mean technically you could say there are some phrases there are some single lines that technically maybe have not aged nearly as well uh considering what what can what for what people consider as today's standards but if you take like in a, a like if you're talking about his songs as a whole none of them are really offensive they aren't yeah, they're and all about just chilling. About... Yeah, there's chilling and drinking. That's that's all his songs, and it's great. Yeah, it is. And especially, and who doesn't love doing that? I mean, that's just that's a lot of people wish that that's that's all they could do is just that. But just yeah. chill on the beach and maybe drinking a margarita or alcohol beer here and there, alcoholic beverage. But yeah, oh yeah. So he. Uh, Oh, I, I I never ever am tired of of listening to him, his music. I because for me he's one of those he's one of the artists those artists where not a there's not a single song that I've come across from him where I'm like oh this is this is not good I I'm not vibing with this one because and, and that's partly because just of the genre he's working in he. And I'm not saying it's because there's there's not a lot of artistic craft that goes into his music, because there is, but because he's kind of going with the good vibes, even, I'll put it this way, even if there's a song that's not nearly as sophisticated or something along those lines uh, of his, it still has those those awesome vibes. Even, and, you know, even for his more chiller, sort of solemn sort of pieces like come Monday or changes in latitude, changes in attitude um, or oceans of time or something like that. Like the ones that are slower, they still have great vibes that oh, yeah. even if now those ones particularly are some of the cream of the crop ones when it comes to a slower music, but whether it's slower music or faster music, there's a certain, you know, as escapism vibe, a tropical vibe that, a yacht rock kind of vibe that that never makes the song feel like it isn't good because 
because of those vibes. And, and that's why, that's why I love him for, that's why part of the reason why I love him so much, his song so much, because again, it's just, it's, you can't find a bad one. So you can really just get a big playlist going of his music and just shuffle and go about your day doing whatever while listening to it and being in a good mood. Yeah, exactly. Why don't we, Oh, also, by the way, I should say I'm wearing a Hawaiian shirt in honor of, of Jimmy right now. I I also wore my uh, Cheeseburgers in Paradise Tour sweatshirt on, I think it was Monday, for school, just to, in honor of him. In memorial I guess one legend. thing we should also mention. Say it one more time, TJ, sorry. Mm. I just said in memoriam of our legend. Yes, exactly. Yes. Yeah. Exactly. I, I'll be honest. It was, it was kind of surprising hearing that that he died because you know nowadays people are living into their eighties and their nineties a lot, and you don't really hear about people dying in their seventies, especially someone who you who, like like Jimmy who has a healthy lifestyle. Yeah. Now, he didn't necessarily have the greatest lifestyle in the seventies because he was drinking a ton of alcohol and. He does drink. He did. He, I assume he had a. He does have a. In his in the later parts of his life, still had a healthy amount of alcohol in him. He's used oh, yeah. it. But um. But I, I so I was kind of surprised. I, I I originally thought okay maybe it, it had to do something with alcohol, but but it turns out it was it was skin cancer, which then that was also not surprising. I yeah. realized that like oh well that makes a lot of sense. It's uh, all tropic vibes. Buck, he lives yeah. In, Yes, he lives in Key West, so he lived in Key West. So that <laughs> of that course he did. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. That's where his his main recording studio was. He lived there. His Instagram was full of you know Key photos West. and videos of him in Key West. I love that. So yeah, it, it, the important thing is is he he emulated he the, he emulated and lived the lifestyle of his songs his exactly. songs were him he was true to his songs he definitely was and that's pretty cool exactly yeah well i mean were we gonna go see him last year or was that the year before yeah so that i was gonna bring that up tj but you can go and go ahead and start that story yeah we were going to see him last fall it was last fall okay cool um because yeah. i was like i feel like it was last year but i can't actually remember but yeah, we're we're. I mean, how how far out were we from seeing him? Like two weeks, three weeks. It was legitimately two weeks. Yeah, I yeah. was already like sort of in the in preparation of going home for fall break, where we when we were where we were going to see him. Yeah, when we were going to see him. Yeah, because I was gonna say like we were seeing him like fall break or like one of those breaks, and um, like yeah, like two three weeks before they were like. We can't do the show. He has like health issue thing, and we we were all super bummed. We end up making uh like a take on margaritas, which was just practically mm-hmm. lime juice, and I think I got a stomach ulcer from it. <laughs> Dude, I remember that. I've never it, drank yeah, so much we... straight lime juice in my life, <laughs> but you know it's great. <laughs> yeah. I was th- I was thinking of that, and yeah, all of our stomachs were kind of going through it because it was just yeah, 
that straight oh, yeah. lime juice and but it's <laughs> well, a great Emerson memory I, looking back Emerson and I went through like a whole batch of it beforehand and we're like this is too strong <laughs> we like so we actually like made it more margarita-esque and it made it a lot more better but like we drink a lot of lime juice i don't think i think yeah (laughs) and i was like i'm dying (laughs) (laughs) yeah yeah we we tried we tried to make the most of that night not having not being able to go to the to the concert because of Jimmy's uh, illness, but uh, his health complications, but, and I, and we, and looking back on it, I'm glad we had that experience. Like, because having, (laughs) drinking all that lime juice and and having our stomachs feel so terrible because it just kind of adds to, uh, it it just adds to the memory of even though not being able to go to the concert, still kind of living the Jimmy vibes and doing it in honor of Jimmy Buffett, having all that lime juice oh, is hell yeah. is terrific. Looking back on it at the moment, not so terrific, but oh yeah. now, yeah, that was that was pretty funny, and we'll remember that for sure. It's a vibe, yeah, it really is. All right, let's get to some of our favorite songs from Jimmy Buffett, TJ. I know his discography a lot better than you do, obviously, because yeah, way better than I that. listen to him pretty much daily, almost. So, or definitely weekly. So, what are since you know less of his songs, TJ, and I can highlight more of like the ones that the more unique ones, the ones that aren't listened to nearly as much. What are some of uh, what are some of your favorite? Jimmy Buffett songs. Hmm. Um. God, I mean, everyone loves Margaritaville. Kind of have to say that one first. Yes. It's a classic. Can't not highlight Correct. that song. Um. Yeah, it's it's he he literally created a business, a a, a restaurant chain, a whole a whole like company basically, a whole yeah whatever from 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 that song. Yeah, but yeah, a whole restaurant chain that turned into like clothing and hotels and everything based everything. on one song. Literally, we we had remember when my grandma bought us those Margaritaville tortilla chips? They're delicious. They were so good. But yes, even food he's managed to to market with Margaritaville. Yeah. So you have to include that. Yeah. You have to do it. Um, other than that, let's see. Uh, I will come Monday. Uh, Dude, changes that in Latin. song. Yeah, sorry, TJ. I interrupted. Oh, go ahead. Go I ahead. was gonna say, I'd also say changes in latitudes, changes in attitudes. Classic. Yes, I. One of my favorite things about Jimmy Buffett. I mean, is one of the things that makes him so iconic is his storytelling, right? In his songs, the stories yeah. he's telling. And Come Monday is one of my favorite stories that he has in any of his songs about him trying to reconnect with, like, a lover. And it's it's so it's so good. And it's definitely my favorite of his slower songs, for sure. Yeah. And the, he almost – that song, too, you really see – 
kind of the poetry that he really has with his lyrics too. When he's talking about the smog in LA and he's talking about his girl being in Montana and things like that. It's really poetic. There's really like a poetic quality to it to me. at least. Yeah. There's a flow to it, which it has that kind of energy. Yeah. Yeah. And so it's kind of fun when you can listen to an artist for the, like the upbeat qualities, the music itself, like the rhythm and everything, but then also the story aspect of it, what the lyrics are actually saying when you can, when you can focus on those two individually and together, it, it adds a whole different layer to, to the listening experience. And and Come Monday is a great example of that. So great choice. I think for a while that was is that not is that not your favorite song, TJ? Come Monday from the ones you've heard from Jimmy Buffett. Uh, it was. Um, I'd have to kind of like really listen there, to a least. few. Yeah, it, it definitely yeah. still is up there, but I definitely need to kind of like reconsider some of my choices and like uh, and like re-listen to some songs because it's been a while since I like really went Jimmy heavy. I kind of just throw it on yeah. every now and then now. It's kind of just the familiar favorites. Yeah. Yeah, so great, some great highlights there. For a while, my my favorite Jimmy Buffett song was Cheeseburgers in Paradise, one of, also one of his iconic songs. Mm-hmm. And that just gave off some immaculate vibes. Uh, the way, you know, him describing the huge hunk of meat and the in the sesame seed bun and you know having a having a cold beer with it it's great that always got me in a good mood it's great it always made me want a hamburger cheeseburger and yeah yeah i love that i love that one so much in fact it so uh, i love it so much that i included it in an instagram post tj when we were out vacationing that one summer yeah and for for a vacation post with you, me, and Emerson. And, yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah. So well, that, was, that was like the was, trip where we, uh, or like where you really became a Jimmy Buffett fan. Yeah. So I guess that's a good. I'm I'm glad you brought that up, TJ, because we didn't really talk about our history with Jimmy Buffett. I'm I. Your colored my, history my with intro- Jimmy Buffett. <laughs> You know, he and I have had a long past. We were actually a part of the mafia for a while. He kind of got me involved in the mafia. Oh, yeah. And then, yeah. And he kind of used his Margaritaville stuff as a cover. No, no, I'm just kidding. That, that's that's all I made wouldn't up. be surprised. <laughs> I'm just kidding. <laughs> yeah. Please, if any Jimmy Buffett uh, family member is somehow listening to us, to this or just anyone who's listening to this, that I'm all making that up. That is not true. Yeah. Your father was not in the mafia, we swear. Yes, but my history with Jimmy Buffett started all the way back in like second, in like really second or third grade when my dad, when we we would go on long road trips, my dad had a concert CD of one of Jimmy Buffett's concerts that he would play when we would go on these road trips. Like every single like long road trip we'd go on, he, he, he it would that would be in the rotation. Like he had one of those six CD players, right? In like his in like his truck, so like oh, he could yeah. go through different CDs. And one oh, of yeah. the six CDs was always the Jimmy Buffett 
uh, concert CD where it was a recording of one of his concerts. And what always stuck out to me was just like how cool he was with the audience. I was like, who is this guy? I love how he's just calling people parrot heads. At the time, I had no idea what that meant, but he's just calling people parrot heads. He's saying, I wish I had a Pencilton mustache. He's saying, let's go to like, let's go to the moon. Let's go to, you know, let's get off this. Let's, let's get off the, this place. There's a volcano that's about to blow all these different things. I had no idea who this was. He was saying some, at what I thought at the time was some wild things. Some wacky shit. And <laughs> yes. And so I, that's what, that's how I knew him pretty much up until like the beginning, like the end of high school, and the start of college is when I started to listen to, listen to him more heavily. And yeah, for the most part, I mean, like when I got older, I, I sure, like I understood, started to understand what parrot head meant. And like, I kind of got a better idea of all of his songs. Cause you know, we, what my dad was literally playing them every, every road trip. Yeah. And, but then there was a trip where summer of 21, <laughs> summer of 21, <laughs> where i don't know i don't know why i don't know who suggested this but it was one of you two were like play cheeseburgers in paradise and so we did i think it i think it was me because i think, I, I think you mentioned playing, it. like zach brown I, yeah. I, I think someone mentioned it like offhand and then i think emerson was like yes actually play it and so we did yeah and that proceeded to be played like one million times the rest of that trip. <laughs> yeah, we literally—it it was like—it really was just like a six-song rotation between Cheeseburgers, Margaritaville. It's five o'clock somewhere. We did start playing that towards the end. Oh yeah. Um, well, he changes didn't, in latitude, changes in attitude. Come Monday, we're all like in the rotation that that trip. Oh yeah, and and so then it was at that point where I'm like, okay, I've list, I've been, I've been listening to him on road trips since I was in second grade. I've, I, 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 I like his music. I'm gonna fully dive in to Jimmy Buffett, and so on that trip, I created a playlist which has been growing ever since. Which is, I, it's called uh, Jimmy. I'm pretty sure it's called Jimmy the Goat and Co. <laughs> so yeah, yeah, I've seen Jimmy. This. Yes, it's Jimmy Buffett and like a bunch of other artists that are similar to him. Zach Brown Band is on there. Uh, there's a few other artists uh, that are on there. And so, yeah, it's basically just a bunch of tropical escapism, yacht rock music. Where 90% of the songs, 90, I would dare say 95% of the songs in that playlist are Jimmy Buffett songs. And that's kind of where I am at now. It's just I've been listening to all his mu- his music heavily since then, like I said. And it's been recorded on the podcast itself. He has been my number one artist because we did the Spotify rap episodes. He has been my number one artist for the last two years. Yeah. He won't be this year because I have been listening to some other artists more. But he should be on my top five again. And he, he had a two-year run, which is pretty impressive. That's, that's, that's pretty very good. impressive. So, yeah. 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 So yeah, uh, I guess I will say some of my favorite songs that aren't nearly talked about as much. 
My favorite. Now, I did say my for a while my favorite was Cheeseburgers in Paradise. My my favorite song as of a year ago, a little more than a year ago, is Last Mango in Paris, which hell yeah, is another great adventure song. It has some of my favorite individual lyrics out of any of his songs. There's one where, and I don't want to butcher it, so I'm going to look it up, but it has to do with like a Swiss army knife under like, under like the African sun. Yeah. 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 It's that's how that lyric goes hard. It it goes very hard and it just, it, it, it adds to what I was saying earlier about, that ri- that rhythm that he gets and the flow that in that poetic flow it feels like that he has with his lyrics that's so good uh let's see oh yeah here it is uh he says with my high fashion model wife i woke up dry beneath the african sky just me and my swiss army knife and then it goes back into the main uh lyrics of the of the song so good so it good. has such a awesome flow to it and I love I, I love associating mangoes with Paris. That's also kind of just a fun thing because it's like you never really associate random. those two things together. I love it. It's very random, but it one of my all time favorite songs in general, and will and will be my favorite Jimmy Buffett song for the foreseeable future. It also is kind of cool because uh, my friends and I at Carol will just will after like late nights going out to get a drink or going somewhere and just hanging out whenever we're driving back to the school several times we have ro- we have rolled down all of the windows in the car <laughs> cranked the volume up and played that uh, of this of the stereo in the car and played last mango in paris and all as you should song at the top of our lungs yes it's it's the best it's, song it's incredible i love that song yeah it's it's so good. I honestly am kind of surprised it's not more popular, uh, but I'm also not surprised. I'm surprised because to me it has again some of his best lyrics, but I guess I kind of understand where it's not like super popular because it doesn't have like that sort of that sort of I guess I would say commercial vibe that that or or more of a universal vibe that Margaritaville and Cheeseburgers has compared to that one yeah. if that makes any sense yeah yeah like like it has replayability but it's not like a like mainstream replayability yeah. it's not like you're gonna hear it I would, on the radio I, I would, that's a good way to put it yeah yes but yeah so that's another one of my favorites i really like what else do i like i like oh uh, one thing that's kind of cool about jimmy buffett tj is he has a long line of collaborations with different artists he has a lot of different songs where he's collaborated with artists because artists have been inspired by his music because of his, oh, yeah. his, his he's his been around for a billion years. His, yeah. 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 His, the waves he made, I like how, I, I, the waves is a very apt uh, use here. Waves yes, he's made in, in the, in the music, in the music space, just in general, right. With oh, how yeah. big Margaritaville is and other songs like that, making that kind of yacht rock escapism, music fun energy. yeah fun energy really really popular and so he's had a and because of that a lot of these artists there's a lot of artists that were inspired by him and therefore wanting to collaborate with him when they also got famous and the epitome of that the the most famous 
a version of that is it's five o'clock somewhere with Alan Jackson. That is oh, yeah. his actually most streamed song on Spotify. That has 238 million listens, which is insane. It's it's that's a that's a really fun one. And oh, yeah. it's not my favorite collaboration between the two, but also, okay, man, I, I, I'm kind of jumping all over the place here. Another example of all the like terms and phrases that Jimmy Buffett has coined that as he's made popular because of his songs, it's like you hear, it's such a, it's, it's five o'clock somewhere saying like, Oh, it's, it's five o'clock somewhere. We'll get a drink now, whether it's, you know, in the morning or something that has been made popular by that song yeah oh yeah, yeah and and uh what's some other ones parrot heads has become popular because i mean that was mostly referred to for his fans but parrot heads is popular um margaritaville that's a thing because of him it's that that the name of the song has become like in the lexicon and has been sort of established because of that song and there's just a lot of different phrases and things that have cut that have come from his songs that people say now just normally. So yeah, that's another cool thing about, about his, his music, but back to his collaborations, he, my favorite collaboration is with Keith, I think it's Keith. Is it Keith Urban? What is that? It? Sounds right. Yeah, Keith I, Urban. I think so. I don't know it's, that name. It's a sailboat for sale is the name of the song, and it that has my favorite. That's my favorite collaboration of his. I really hmm. enjoy that one. It's oh, it's not Keith Urban. Toby Keith. Excuse me. Oh. Who's, not, who's also popular? He is also popular. Yeah, both but, famous artists. Yeah, I, I get rid yeah. of that now. Okay. Yeah. He he that that's my favorite collaboration of his. He has several. Uh let's see, is there, is there what's other songs I want to shout out? I mean, again, I, I'm gonna shout out some of the ones that aren't nearly as popular. Um Fins is an is a fun one. That's that's on possibly it's one of my favorite albums of his. It's the uh, volcano album that also has boat drinks on it which is is another good song i i uh, that one i kind of have a a fun association with because that's one that my brother likes to actually listen to which is kind of fun my younger brother uh yeah but just a lot of a lot of great timeless songs he has a ton of timeless songs that will go on past that will go on for several years banana republics is another good one that I enjoy isn't nearly as nearly as popular. Manana, I like that one too. Uh, yeah, yeah. The night I painted the sky is one of is one of his slowest songs. A good one. Uh, it, is, it is a great one though. It is a great okay. one. Okay. And then recently, actually, post. Post Jimmy Buffett's death, like literally a couple days ago, the they released he released the, the his estate released three new singles. 
for uh, of Jimmy Buffett's, like brand new singles. And huh. I've listened to all three. And my favorite is Bubbles Up, which is Bubbles Up is a term that is used by scuba divers about, you know, going up to the surface, bubbles up, following yeah. the bubbles up to the surface. Mm-hmm. And what his song is basically saying is he's using the bubbles up as like a metaphor for when you're lost, follow the bubbles, like fall, go up, go up, go straight, just, just stay straight, stay true if you're lost and you'll, you'll figure life out. And so I love that. I, I, I enjoyed that one as well. It's, yeah, it's, uh, it, yeah, it's, um, it's a fun one. It's a good one. How and many actually, albums does Jimmy Buffett even have? I'm, I'm just thinking about he that. Yes. Uh, TJ, you will love this. Uh, well, I love this. He has 27 albums. God damn. I love that. <laughs> I am serious. I am 100% serious. He has 27 albums. Yes. Yeah. He's, he's a legend. He's a legend. Jimmy, we will, Jimmy Buffett, we will miss you. The man of Miss Misses podcast will miss you. Thank you for all the great music that you've made. And thank you for getting me through countless <laughs> study nights where I'm on the brink of just collapsing in despair. Thank you for that. I appreciate that. And we will be listening to your music forever and ever. Oh, yeah. Yeah, for sure. Absolutely. Yeah. So, uh, so right, I will right. be having countless cheeseburgers in paradise. We will be, you know, looking for the last mango in Paris. We will maybe someday have a pencil thin mustache. Maybe. I don't know. <laughs> depending. <laughs> but depending. So, yeah. Thank, thank you. Shout out, Jimmy. And, yeah, thank you for some, some great music. Hell yeah. All right, TJ. Now that that's now that we've given Jimmy our love, yes. Let's talk about some other things that have that we've that we've been meaning to discuss for a while. One in particular is Barbie. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> the movie we watched almost like what, like two months ago. <laughs> yep, pretty much. Oh God, yeah. it's been a yeah. hot minute. So we need to talk about that. TJ, I went on a whole a whole rant there on Jimmy Buffett. So I I want to give you some some space in the paint, as they say in basketball. I want you to get some crossovers in, maybe a nice uh, yeah, jumper, yeah. hit the jumper, hit the three pointer, maybe, and start us off with Barbie. What? Give us some things that you really that you really liked about it. What 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 stood out to you? About Greta Gerwig's, what is yeah. it, her third movie that she's directed? Yeah, movie number three. Um, okay, where do I start? I'm going to just begin with, this movie's great. I love this movie. I think we both do. Yeah. <laughs> it's a very funny uh, I, movie. I it's a very, um, like, its themes are very eye-opening. It's great. And I think it really continues mm-hmm. the, uh, the the path that Greta Gerwig is on because I mean like I said this is our third movie and it's a banger just like the last two um yeah and she's one of those like directors that like every movie so far banger kind of like Jordan Peele and like uh Roger Eggers and stuff like that where it's like they've all kind of hit three movies at the same time each one of them have been a banger in their own right yes 
Um, yeah, I know. I know. Us sort of got mixed reviews. I think Us is a good movie. I really I like do. Us. I think. I think, I think most people like yeah. Us. I think it's just um, some people were like, "It's not as good as Get Out," and so they kind of like put it on that metric. But like, in most people's terms, they're like, "This is actually pretty good." You're just trying to say that like it's not as good as the other movie he made, which is very unfair. <laughs> In the yes. sense that, like, uh, agreed. Yeah. in and of itself, it is pretty good. You're just trying to, be like, it's not as good as previous things and be a contrarian about it. And I'm like, that's kind of fair. <laughs> so, yeah. Um, but yeah, I mean, there's, there's a lot, there's a lot to love about the movie. I mean, between the two leads and the writing and set decoration and all that, like, there's so much to love about Barbie. It's such a good movie. Mm-hmm. Yes, I. You know, speaking of the two leads, they they do they both have put in some great performances, and I know that Ken has become sort of the meme of the movie with a lot of his stuff, whether it's him yelling "sublime" or <laughs> something along those lines. Don't look at me. <laughs> that part is so sublime. funny. <laughs> oh my god, I love that but, movie. Really, let's be honest here. This needs to be said. Margot Robbie is puts in the best performance of the movie. Ryan yeah. Gosling's great. But, I, I, feel, I feel Margo... like it, yeah. I, I've heard many people say like, um, like either of the two is their favorite. Like some people, I've heard people say Margot. Some people say Ryan Gosling. I feel like it could go either way, and if it kind of just depends on what what you're looking for in the movie. <laughs> It's that's true, but Margot actually has her character actually has goes through a a yeah. variety of emotions and changes that Ryan Gosling's character really doesn't. doesn't. No, so in yeah. that sense, she does have to have to explore more of her acting chops, where Ryan Gosling does kind of stay for the most part. There are some there are some exceptions, but does kind of have to walk basically walks the same line through the entire movie. Oh yeah, which is not to take away from his performance because it is good. It is great. It is it, well, yeah. is, it I mean, is hilarious? He he almost has like the the Brad Pitt and Once Upon a Time in Hollywood role where it's like he's kind of just vibing the whole movie, <laughs> and like yeah. it it not to, not to say that it's bad because I mean like it, it's it's a very cool fun performance and like obviously it's really good, but like compared to like the other main star does show significantly less acting chops put it like quote unquote but like uh just like the 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 performance is the vibe <laughs> is that yes. kind of thing and, he, and the vibe the vibe he captures is immaculate it's it's, it's so it's good. fantastic yeah i love it yeah it is but it just it is you're you're very you're you're right it's the nature of what the role is requiring I think I think Ryan Gosling is just as good of an actor as Margot Robbie. I think they're both really. I don't put one above the other. I think they're basically on the same plane because some of Ryan Go- yeah. Ryan Gosling stuff is is incredible. And I mean, this role, for example, is incredible. But I'm thinking of if we're wanting to look at like deeper character stuff, Blade Runner twenty forty nine or something along those lines is just it's it's oh yeah you couldn't have gotten a better acting performance out of someone for a role like that he, he was fantastic in that movie that's just one of the examples though yeah you could list a uh many others 
he is a great actor. We yes. love our Ryan. He's me. He's literally you know? me. That's <laughs> <laughs> the best meme. I love that. Why did? How did that start? Do you know? I how don't that even started? know. But I will say, in, in my most recent Instagram post, I went on a whole tirade with my friend in the comments about how I'm literally uh, just Ryan Gosling, and he's literally me. <laughs> it's like it's like seven of the comments of that post. That's hilarious. And I'm like, yes, that's all I yeah. needed. Yeah, yeah. Another great part of the movie was the dance numbers. Oh yeah! In conjunction with 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 the set design, I'm kind of grouping those together because some of the best set design was also with those dance numbers. Yeah, yeah. And the there's really the there's from from what I can remember, TJ, and you can correct me if I'm wrong. There's two main dance numbers. There's the one at the beginning, and where it's like it's the Dua Lipa song, and then there's the one at the end with the with the I'm just or not I'm just Ken. I don't think that's the song that's playing. But when all the Kens are in the the black uh, clothing, what is the two two dance numbers? I, I stand corrected. Yeah. Yes, I'm pretty sure. Yeah, well, yeah. It, it is during the, I'm I'm just Ken sec- or segment because like it it starts off. It's like the middle se- uh, scene is like the where they're in like the black t-shirts and they're kind of just dancing around in the big open space, like an old kind yeah. of movie. Uh, that's like kind of like the breakdown of the song, and then it cuts back in to that like at the end of that sequence is yeah he starts singing i'm just but again the the costume design the choreography that that went into all that is is truly extraordinary it's giving a modern day audiences a chance to see what you know a lot of those musicals in the 50s and stuff looked like and how complex they were because oh, yeah. there's a lot of work that goes into that and the 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 dance sequences were w- w- just because of the sheer amount of of dancers and having to time everyone up and everything was it was done so well and Greta has not been shy about you know saying the 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 movies that influenced a lot of those dance numbers i am i'll be honest and tj you're the same i know you're the same boat as i am haven't seen a ton of musicals that's definitely a spot that I need to improve on. But one that I did manage to watch after Barbie, and I totally got where the influence was coming from, was Singing in the Rain, which oh, yeah. the the set design for the dance second dance number is very much the set design for a dance number that Gene Kelly has with a who she's she's another famous she was another famous, I believe, actress at the time. I'm I'm forgetting her name. But that he has with a, a girl, an, um, there's like a, there's like a, all I'll say is there's like a, a, a dream sequence, a dancing dream sequence, and it's like in a very sort of, um, it has that same. So if you remember from the 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 Ken dance sequence, it's sort of like in a, I guess you call them like pastel sort of like blues and pinks almost yeah it's almost like um, a sound stage that doesn't really have anything on it it's just pastels in the yes. background <laughs> yeah yeah they do that until it's at the beginning in temple of doom yeah you don't remember that no there's the part where um they start the dance sequence and that at the uh at the club 
and then like they go behind the door or whatever and then it just turns into one of those huh. sequences and then it stays like that for the oh, rest I didn't of the know opening that. credits it's actually I, I, I love that sequence it's really good it's really well done I mean it's Spielberg so <laughs> yeah yeah the but the the depth and the soundstage quality that that Ken dance sequence has is very much like the dream sequence dance in Singing in the Rain with the colors and the sort of the depth that the camera how how the how the camera frames the depth of the soundstage like it does in in Singing in the Rain it doesn't in in the Barbie movie which is really cool and and also I mean, I don't want to keep bouncing around, but cinematography also good too in this movie. And that's okay. another example. It's one thing that is kind of underrated that people don't talk about as much with musicals and musical numbers is cinematography, because that's another piece to making great dance numbers is having the camera in the right place at the right time. And they do that in the Barbie movie. Oh yeah. Very much so. Yeah. It did the, the yes. yeah. Just the, I feel like all the production stuff for the movie was like top notch. Like whether it was sets and costumes or like camera movements or like editing. Like I feel like a lot of it was like very, very well executed. Mm-hmm. I would see, agree. Who shot the movie? Now I'm interested. Yeah, ah, it's a guy he, who shot I know he's a popular. Of... Yeah, yeah, he did the Irishman. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Wolf of Wall Street, Brookback Mountain, Argo. Yeah, he's worked with Scorsese a bit and stuff like that. Explains. He's pretty good. <laughs> yeah, he is. He really is. A couple huh. other great things about TJ. Sorry, did you have something you wanted to say? Oh, no, I was just looking at this. I'm like looking around. My One of the things I was worried about going into the film was balancing the the comedy and the humor with meaningful moments, heartfelt meaningful moments. That's always a, a hard thing to do with any, you know, um, you know, movie or television show, whatever. But this film did it perfectly. And for the most part, I think there was a couple times where I had some issues with it, but 95%, like 98% of the time, it, they did a great job with it. And there was never once where I, they had like a super funny moment and then it cut right to a super serious moment where you kind of, it, for me, it's always awkward when you have to, when you emotionally as an audience member, when you have to jump from like a super funny moment where you're laughing your head off and then drop immediately right down into a very serious heartfelt moment that to me is always that jump is always kind of hard and I never, they, they did that. And I never felt that really with the Barbie movie, which I think was good. There, there were serious moments close to some of the, some of the really funny moments, but there was always a bridge between those two where it wasn't super awkward. So I, as, so from that, I thought they did a, uh, a good job in that and in the tonal balance and weaving between the two tones throughout the film. Yeah, yeah. I, well, like you said, I think like it, it just balanced out really well. Like there was never moments where it's like, or I, I mean, there, there maybe was. I mean, like I said, it's been two months since we watched this, so I'm a little fuzzy. Yeah, it's, I can't believe it's been that long. <laughs> Holy cow! 
Yeah, it's been yeah. a hot minute. Um, but yeah, for what I remember, like it, it, it's one of those. It's very consistent a lot of the time. Like, I mean, you you got two of the best writers in Hollywood writing your movie. It's hard. It'd be hard to mess something like that up so bad. Um, yeah. Because and I, I think it just kind of shows how good of writers they are. How you can like make something so funny and uh, while making something so heartfelt, also, also like kind of like close together and all that, but like it flows just so, so well. It does. I, I concur. I I don't want to end it on a sour note, but I will say that there are there are there are still a few things for me that didn't quite work in this movie. One of those being the Will Ferrell arc that, like, so basically the main villain in the movie has his sort of arc throughout the film. I thought individual parts of Will Ferrell's performance was funny, but as far as the the writing for the character and sort of, again, how he changes and how he progressed throughout the film was kind of, like, flimsy and was sort I felt like was almost just there as a, just to place him there more than to actually think, yeah. sometimes I, add value to the film because specifically it, you really see this at the end where all of a sudden he's just immediately like, okay with everything. There's not, he doesn't go through any change as far as like understanding things or you see it, you see a change in his facial, like through his face, his facial expressions or his actions. It kind of just happens right. Like in just a, a split second. It yeah. Just, yeah. So that didn't quite really work for me in that regard. TJ, it sounds like you, you feel the same or you wanted to add something to that at least. Yeah. I well, I think like, honestly, like the, the weird thing about the, that like section is like, I feel like the, the first part with the, the, the Mattel CEOs and all that, like it, I think is a lot better th- like than like the rest of the scenes they have. Cause the rest of the scenes they yeah. have, I was kind of just like, all right, you guys could have been written out the movie and I wouldn't have cared. <laughs> right. Um, I think it was just one of those things where, like, we got Will Ferrell, we have to kind of keep him around. And I, I honestly would have been fine if they just wrote the Mattel stuff out, like, by the midpoint, kind of like where they start heading back to Barbie land. Like, I, I, I don't know. Like, I think the thing about, like, keeping Will Ferrell in the movie was kind of mediocre at times like i get he's funny i think he's okay <laughs> but um yeah like it, it, it i feel like it was just one of those things where it was like we kind of have to keep the movie even though there's no need for him past 50 minutes into the movie like you yes. could have just had him be like one long cameo and like called it a day I and and I agree with that because you already have another force tugging at Margot Robbie, which is you know the Kens and trying yeah. to instill that patriarchy in in Barbie Land. So yeah. you already have this this other force that's tugging at her. So you don't have to you don't have to have Will Ferrell because you have that other yeah side. you have that, you other, have that other sort of antagonistic. Force well, and, and then in the end of the movie, is, like his antagonistic force doesn't really do anything. <laughs> they kind of just yeah. show up and they're like, "We're here," and then it's like that's it. 
that's all they do. And it's just like, <laughs> wow, right. you're adding so much to the finale. <laughs> Other right. than like two lines of dialogue. Ooh. Yeah. I, I, I really forgot about him because he literally does just show up. He, there's, they show him going to Barbie land and then there's the whole climactic sort of Ken and, or plan, uh, Barbie plan to get the, to distract the Kens to get to the, uh, so they don't change the constitution or whatever it is. Yeah. And then he just randomly shows up after the, after that whole climax is over and he, and he's, and he's basically just basically says, Oh, Hey, I'm here guys. I exist. And that is literally, that is straight up what happens. Like, yeah, they show up during the Ken fight and say like three things cuts away from them for like 15 minutes. And then they're like, we're back. And it's just like, what's the point? Also, one thing that took there's one thing that took me out of the movie completely was the the ad the uh, advertisement for the um what do you call it the I why am I blanking on this the product placement of the the those Chevy cars like the Chevy electric vehicle oh my like, god it was yeah so. It was so blatantly obvious uh, yeah. that it comp- it, it, it took me out of the film. I'm not yeah. gonna lie. As bad as like um, Ford Focus is a new girl, but it was still pretty bad. Yeah, you know what I'm talking. It's like about lingering with Ford Focus, on right? lingering on the badges of the car, and oh yeah, lingering on the car through the whole actions chase sequence which i feel like could have totally been left out of the movie because nothing really came out of that it was it 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 didn't add anything to the film i was like okay there there there's no there's no there was no consequence or no result of that car chase that was meaningful in any way it didn't add to the film it really didn't like it it wasn't bad in terms of like the, the way they put it together but like in all honesty, like, it, like they yeah. didn't need to really have it in there. Yeah. But so, anyway, that is. I knew Ford Focus. <laughs> Sorry, I got myself thinking about that. Is it really bad, New Girl? Oh my god, you haven't seen like any of those clips. No. Oh my god, they're so funny. Um, essentially, like I think it's like once or twice a season. Occasionally, like, they'll get into one of their cars, and it'll be, like, a Ford car. And they'll be, like, my new Ford car. <laughs> like, it, it'll be, like, so blatantly obvious that it's product placement. Like, they're literally just saying, my new, my new Ford car, this model can do this. It's, like, wow. Oh, my. You guys are really bad at writing product placement. <laughs> like, this wow. is bad. It's really funny. <laughs> yeah. That yeah, sounds that's, that sounds terrible. It's 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 really funny. I think it's like it's it's one of those things like it's so bad that like it borders on being funny again. <laughs> yeah. Because <laughs> it's just so cringy. Yeah. Yeah. The last thing I'll say about Barbie is for me, what whatever message a movie is trying to say, I do, I go ahead and say it. But don't 
don't shove it in my face. Let me as a viewer decide what I want to think about that message. And don't say that, you know, yeah, basically that. And Barbie did a great job of doing that. It, it displayed a message, but it didn't shove it in your face, which I like. And so, yes. and I think, and, and so I appreciated that. I, that's what I was worried about is there's so many films that kind of will shove a message in your face and say, and just, and say like, oh, you're a terrible person if you don't believe in this, or you're a terrible person for whatever. This yeah. was more just, hey, here's this message. We're going to show it and explain it in a very effective way. What do you, what do you think of this message is, is what the film is, is trying to say. And I'm glad that Barbie did that. And there's a lot of other movies that do that too, but I'm glad Barbie did that. Yeah. And, and I thought it was effective for that reason. I get, I get you. Yeah. yeah. I very much agree. Yes. All right. Barbie, done. Jimmy Buffett, done. Yeah, TJ, yeah, yeah. any last words before we, we officially say adios to the, to the listeners? Hmm. I, I got nothing. Okay. All right. Everyone, thank you so much for listening. And without further ado, we'll catch you on the next episode of the Manic Movie Misfits Podcast. Peace. Sayonara.